1: The latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now.
2: What's up, everybody? I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCS and Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. Brett Coleman will join me here in just a few minutes to preview the AFC wildcard weekend matchup between the Jags and Chargers, Dolphins and Bills, and Bengals Ravens. But first, did you know the Chiefs played eight games in the 2022 regular season against teams that made the playoffs? And they went six and two in those games. The Bills against playoff teams went three and two, and the Bengals went four and two. Now, before we bring on Brett, a quick word from our partner DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and is my go-to place for wild card round action, and that's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, new customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? I'll be paying attention to the Buffalo-Miami wildcard game. Really curious to get Brett's thoughts on that now that Tua has been ruled out uh, with uh, not passing the concussion protocol. So it looks like it's going to be former Case stater Skylar Thompson uh, in a playoff game against the Bills. But uh, if they win that game, just imagine Tyree Kill and the Dolphins coming to Arrowhead for the divisional round. Not likely, but man, that would be fun. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN as new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on. We, we call Nate Taylor the Prince of Chiefs content. We're going to call Brett the King of YouTube NFL content. I don't think I've introduced you that way, Brett, man. How's, how are things? How's it going?
3: Uh, I am. I'm excited for the playoffs to start. Uh, I really am. We had. Honestly, I'm more excited for the divisional round than the wild card round because some of the yeah. wild card round games are going to be unfortunately lopsided due to injury. Um, but this is still a hell of a slate, and I think starting a week from now, we should get some really, really good football
2: yeah i between lamar jackson being injured and then obviously we just talked about with Tua, uh teddy bridgewater uh dealing with the pinky injury uh not that i'm gonna be upset to see skylar thompson get an opportunity to shock the world because that'd be a pretty cool story too. talk about tyree coming back to arrowhead but skylar thompson is a kansas city kid uh he's a legend amongst k-state fans i know i'm alienating ku and mizzou fans that listen i'm sorry uh but skylar thompson for all anybody who knows anything about him phenomenal person uh phenomenal dude so that'd be pretty special as well plus um be interesting storyline with all of the positives for the Dolphins, but they're kind of the Bills are the team that everyone in the country is kind of rooting for at this point. Obviously, one of the better teams. Don't expect that game to be close, but it could be fun. Um, before we get to Dolphins-Bills, let's start, Brett, previewing these matchups. Let's start with the Jags-Chargers. That's the one that comes on Saturday night. That's the first one. These two teams did meet back in week three way early in the season, but the Jags handled the chargers pretty easily in that game, winning 38 to 10. Uh, What excites you about this matchup uh, going into Saturday night?
3: You know, I would almost kind of, I would throw out that week three game um, because these two teams are very different teams. Since then Uh, the chargers defense has gotten a lot better, not necessarily the run defense, but the pass defense has gotten a lot better. Um, You know, they've gotten healthier, well, if they would stop playing their starters in meaningless games, they would get healthier. But it sounds like, you know, I'm going to ask you about that here in a second. But it was it was dumb. It was just dumb. Yeah. Like it was a bad decision. They had no reason to do it. I I, I don't know why they did it. But anyway, <laughs> they're getting, we're, talk, are getting sorry, we're talking
2: about we're talking about Mike Williams, the the Chargers standout. Chiefs fans know who Mike Williams is.
3: <laughs> just, oh yeah, but they he exposed everybody. Is like
2: the the next incarnation of like Randy Moss. Every time he plays the Chiefs, he absolutely destroys us and brandon staley had him in a game that didn't matter injured his back but don't worry the trustee chargers medical staff said it's just it's just a back contusion so
3: i uh, could from, very easily be it from what i've heard he's gonna be fine but mm-hmm. to me i'm like okay then you dodged a bullet because he shouldn't have been out there anyway no. you know like with, with the ankle that he's been dealing with all year like he shouldn't have been out there but Regardless, you know this matchup is is worlds different in terms of who's going to be on the field compared to the first time they played against each other. Schematically, they're different. Uh, you know, even the Jags are playing a lot better, ironically, than at that point in the year. Like they kind of took a nosedive after that, and then they corrected themselves and came back and and won the division. But like these are two very different teams, schematically speaking. Um, if we're talking about Chargers offense versus Jags defense. The Jags predominantly play middlefield close coverages about 65% of the time on early downs. So we're looking at cover one and cover three. Uh, they absolutely love that kind of stuff, um, especially because it allows them to drop an extra guy down in the box and play against the run. And you might be thinking, okay, well, the Chargers don't run the ball anyway. So why would they do that? And they do it because they want to absolutely maximize their chances to get into third and long. Because once they're in third and seven plus, they're really big into demand coverage, about 45% cover one, uh, cover one double and cover five, which is two man. Obviously, they don't call cover five unless it's really long yardage, but they still call it. Um, and so I would expect them to do all these middle field close coverages, get to third and long, play man coverage, and then bring pressure. They have the ninth most called fire zone calls in third long situations in the entire league. But... They've created the most unblocked pressures in the entire league from those calls. They get about one a game where they get a guy free coming off the edge. So they're very good at disguising who's coming and who's covering. Um, and so I would expect to see that a lot on third down. However, it's always a big however, Justin Herbert is that dude. He's also been pretty good against third down fire zone. He's faced it 36 times this year. He's thrown three touchdowns, no picks, only taken two sacks. Obviously, the yards per attempt is low because it's been low for them the entire year. But he's very efficient against it. Very good at getting out of pressure. Very good at getting first downs. So that kind of battle between a a third down defense that loves to bring pressure and a third down quarterback that's really good against pressure, I think is going to go a long way to determining this game.
2: It's one of the things, and I believe it's Joe Lombardi uh, with the Chargers, that it was kind of a knock earlier in the year when people talked about the play calling and not necessarily utilizing Herbert's ability to deliver the ball down the field. And you just mentioned the yards per attempt. What have you noticed from the Chargers throughout the year? Have they gotten better in that regard, or is this still a knock on them as far as like the creativity and the ways that they do things? Because, again, it's really hard as a Chiefs fan. Uh, and I heard the the talk throughout the week about not delivering the ball and not the big chunk plays in the passing game because every time we play them, it seems like Mike Williams catches three or four 50-50 balls down the field and has 120 yards receiving. Uh, but what is it about like the way that they've played the call, uh, the way that they've called the plays, uh, that necessarily hasn't been what a lot of people expect that cover the NFL, I should say, as nicely as possible?
3: What's interesting is they play against the Chiefs differently than they play mm-hmm. against everybody else. And they are, in in my experience, every time I study um you know, Every time I, I try to ask myself, how do you beat the Chiefs? I always watch Chargers games first because they play the best against the Chiefs out of anybody, both defensively and offensively. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what their record is. It doesn't matter who's on the field. like As long as they have Justin Herbert, they're really good at keeping those games uncomfortably close for you. Mm-hmm. And offensively, I found them to be more aggressive Against KC than anybody else, more willing to push the ball down the field. And I see that as a product of knowing that 15's on the other side. And they almost kind of just play with reckless abandon when they're playing against KC because they know they have to. And I would really like to see them do that against everybody because it works. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, when they're playing against, it, it, it's very like mid-2010 Steelers where they'll, they'll play up or down to the competition no matter who they're playing against. Um, I would like to see them just pretend they're playing against KC every week because that's when they actually start taking shots and letting Justin Herbert do his thing.
2: Right, let's flip to the other side of the ball uh, for both teams and talk about the Jags offense with Trevor Lawrence uh, and those guys going up against this Chargers defense. What's the matchup there? What are you expecting to see on that?
3: Uh, so interestingly, the Chargers also blitz a lot on third down. They have 62 of them, which is the fourth most in the league, but only in certain situations. It kind of depends if it's a third and medium or shorter, or if yeah. it's a third and long. If it's third and six or less, they have the second most blitzes at 39. Uh, if it's third and long, uh, I mean third and seven plus, they're 18th in called pressures of five or more. So typically if they're trying to get you in third and long they're just going to play a zone force you to you know hit underneath rally and tackle do all that kind of stuff if you're third medium or third or short they'll call fire zone not just because it's good against the pass but it's also good against the run that's how they try to get a free footer like into the backfield against the run they love to bring the nickels off the edge they love to slant the defensive line to screw up blocking angles and try to get somebody into the backfield so i would expect that You know, in a a third and short, third and medium situation, if the Jags are paying attention, which they have Doug Peterson, so I know they are, Mm -hmm. I would be very interested to see what their calls are in those situations, anticipating that the Chargers are going to bring pressure against it. So maybe we get like a crack toss or, you know, some kind of really interesting screen design or Maybe we block it up and try to take a shot, knowing they're going to bring pressure in the third and short situation. I would be very intrigued to see how they handle it. And I think that particular situation is also going to go a long way to determining this game, because if you're good on third and short and third and medium and keeping those drives going, you can keep Justin Herbert off the field, which is priority
2: number one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot on play calling Doug Peterson and that crew. We know he's got the pedigree to be able to do it. All right, before we move on to Dolphins and the Bills, talking Chargers, Jags. That game is Saturday night, uh, kickoff at 7.15 on NBC. Who do you see winning this game, Brett?
3: Eileen. God, this one's the closest of the weekend, to be honest. Yeah. I lean yeah. slightly Jags because it's home field advantage, and, and I think Jacksonville is going to be super rowdy. Mm-hmm. But boy, it's really hard for me to not think that Herbert's going to keep this one razor thin, like the entire game. So slightly Duvall. I don't know which team Chiefs fans would rather see. I don't think you really want to see either of them. I think you're hoping for an upset in the other two games, but uh, I'll, I'll go Jags.
2: So one of the Chiefs fans should keep an eye on because most likely scenarios are going to play the winner uh, of that game between the Chargers and the Jags. All right, let's talk about the other couple of games. Uh, start uh, with the Dolphins and the Bills. Obviously, everything going on with Buffalo. A lot of people rooting for Buffalo. Buffalo is likely going to win this game, especially with the news that Tua hasn't passed concussion protocol. It looks like it's going to be Skylar Thompson, uh, the rookie undrafted free agent. or Yeah, the rookie. Was he undrafted or late round? Was he a seventh round pick?
3: I think it was a seven.
2: Okay, so seventh-round pick, uh, Skyler Thompson, the former K-Stater. Rather than breaking it down on both sides, what is the path that the Dolphins have to execute in order to have a chance to beat the Bills, who are at home, and this game is Sunday at noon on CBS?
3: Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. And we've seen a good example already schematically uh, where the Bills' defense does not actually match up that well with Miami, and that's what makes this game so frustrating, is that if they had Tua... And if Raheem Mostert was fully healthy, unfortunately he sustained an injury in the last game against the Jets. Still questionable as of this time right now, if he's going to play schematically speaking though, we saw in the last time they met like this, this team actually matches up really well against Buffalo. The dolphins run more 21 personnel than anyone in the league. 83% of those 21 personnel snaps uh, use motion by far the highest in the NFL. And the bills run defense is absolutely atrocious against two back runs, especially on outside zone. They have the fourth-worst EPA per play allowed against two back runs, the fifth-worst average depth of tackle against two back runs, meaning how deep past the line of scrimmage the tackle is made. It's 5.26 yards, which is horrific. Their interior defensive line got their ass kicked the last time they played on outside zone, especially Ed Oliver. He just got demolished. And so I think you know going into this game, if Tua and Mostert were healthy – I would actually probably pick Miami because I'm like, okay, well, they're just going to run outside zone down their throat all day. And then Tua is going to hit some play action shots to Waddle and Tyreek. And they're going to roll, especially with how banged up the Bills defense is like they've only gotten more injured since that game. But without Tua and potentially without Mostert, the only path they have to win is like Salvin Ahmed getting 20 carries and having the game of his life. Like that's (laughs) that's it. That is the only way they win.
2: Yeah, you could throw these games out there, but the fact that that happened, that these two teams played twice, they did split. The Bills lost 21-19 back in week three. Obviously, that was with Tua and these guys being healthy, and then the Bills won by three in week 15. So the games have been close. Obviously, Skylar Thompson and not Tua being in there and Teddy Bridgewater could change things, but really, really good number. That's really interesting numbers. Gives a little bit of hope uh, for Chiefs fans that are hoping the Bills get knocked off. Um that there is a path with some of the areas that the bills have struggled to your point uh, in the running game, that maybe they're able to find some success there. Hopefully Raheem Mostert uh, is good to go in this one. All right, let's move on to the next game. Another one, Lamar Jackson, then look like he's going to play. I don't know if that's been announced yet. We'll see what happens with that. But you got the Bengals, Ravens, two teams again play twice this year. Obviously, being in the AFC North, they split the two games. Baltimore won nineteen seventeen in Week Five, and then the Bengals won the last matchup just last week twenty seven to sixteen. What intrigues you about this one, and what does Baltimore need to do to have a chance to knock off the Bengals going on the road?
3: If Lamar doesn't play, they're screwed. Like they are more screwed than the Dolphins are. Straight up um, this, this could potentially be a, I mean, it won't be Georgia TCU, but it's it, the closest thing that you can think of for a playoff game in the NFL of, of that. It, it, this is what I expected to be if Lamar doesn't play. Um, Cause they're on their third quarterback this year. Uh, Anthony Brown just could not see the field. Well, could not see pressure throwing up prayers over and over and over again. Um, I mean, the first quarter that game was over, it was very clearly (laughs) over and the Ravens defense is good. Um, You know, I think if they had an offense behind them, they absolutely could have made that a game. But unless Lamar is playing, they have zero shot, absolutely zero shot because Anthony Brown can't handle pressure. Um, You know, even if Lamar does play, though, he's still probably not going to be able to move around very well. So it kind of eliminates a lot of the run game stuff that turns him from a good quarterback into a super weapon. So I'd still favor Cincinnati heavily regardless. Um, But I I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the second half of this game is everybody's bathroom break. Okay, let me go check on the brisket, all that
1: kind of stuff, because it it could be that kind of game. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. entertain educate inform kc sports network
2: all right welcome back this is kcs An update we're talking with youtube legend brett coleman brett we just previewed the afc Wild uh, wildcard weekend matchups want to give you an opportunity to talk a little chiefs obviously being the Chiefs show here uh thoughts on their performance against the raiders last week uh we've talked about it on this network um over the past few days being one of the more complete games uh, that we've seen where all three phases looked like they were pretty in sync, uh, which is what Chiefs fans wanted to see uh, going into the playoffs is a, is a, is a pretty solid game all the way around. What stood out to you?
3: <laughs> I was wait for the dogs. <laughs> okay. Uh, send a note to Tucker. Three, two. Uh, I, I would say that that, uh, that game against the Raiders actually gave me more confidence in the Chiefs at this point in the year, than anything else I had seen in the last month and a half, and you might say, well, that's crazy. Like they had, they were playing against some objectively better teams and put on some better performances. Why is that one giving you the most hope? As soon as you saw like the ring around the Mahomesy play, I immediately knew this team was in in the exact frame of mind that they need to be to go on a Super Bowl run. And as a Chiefs fan, you know this. They're kind of a vibes based team. And when they are loose, when they are genuinely enjoying themselves, when they're having fun playing football, when they're coming up with random crazy stuff that nobody's ever seen before, when they're out there quite literally playing with their food, that's when you know this team is dangerous. And so that play right there signaled to me that they are not finally – uh, in that frame of mind, but that, that they've truly embraced like, yeah, we're the best team in the league. We can go out and do this and get away with it. And if you don't like it, too bad, stop us. I've been waiting to see that for a long time when we finally got there. So I'm like, yeah, okay, they're ready. They're going to have their week off and, and whoever's going to come to KC, they're going to try to just buzz saw through them.
2: As we get ready to watch the AFC wildcard weekend from obviously not a Chiefs fan, but somebody obviously respects everything that they've done and have a lot of fun breaking it down and watching it. If you're a Chiefs fan, what are you rooting for this weekend? Besides just the crazy upsets, but just what are you looking, what are you watching for, uh, and what kind of matchups would either the Jags, Chargers, uh, as the most likely scenarios, kind of be for the Chiefs?
3: I'm probably rooting for the Jags to win. Um, not because I don't think the, the, the Jags uh, are an easier matchup, It's just, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I really don't want to see Justin Herbert a third time. I really don't. And I'm not even counting the Ravens as a possibility unless Lamar plays and plays out of his mind. And I'm not really counting the Dolphins as a possibility. So, like, the most realistic chances are either we're getting Jags or we're getting Chargers. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't want to tempt the football gods a third time in the same season. Because it took everything, everything to beat this team the first two times. And I... Now that the Chargers are healthier uh, than they were, I wouldn't want to tempt fate a third time, even in my own house. I really wouldn't. So I would rather see the Jags. It's still going to be a tough game. Trevor Lawrence is still amazing. Doug Peterson's a great coach, and Andy knows that better than anybody. But I just i I really would be rooting as hard as I possibly could for the Jags.
2: I kind of have the same feeling beating anybody three times. I don't care if the chief's are on the right side of it, the wrong side. That's how I kind of feel about the Bengals. Like it'd be really tough uh, for them to, to beat the chiefs again. Uh, and at that point, like, what do you say if that ends mm-hmm. up being the case, but before we wrap up this show, we did this as a segment on outside the trenches. I'm curious your thoughts from uh, the way that you look at the game, the schematic side of this, of uh, which of these two things are more impressive. Is one of my favorite segments that we've done. Mm -hmm. So one on the offensive side, one on the defensive side, offensively, Patrick Mahomes setting the NFL record for most passing plus rushing yards for a quarterback in NFL history this year. Mm. Uh, His, his numbers surpassed what we saw from Drew Brees back in 2011 that had been the NFL record. Obviously the context of losing Tyree kill, having a lot of new faces, what Patrick Mahomes was able to do in setting that record and how impressive that was for Mahomes. That, Versus last year, the Chiefs' defense as a team had 31 total sacks. They were 29th in the NFL, and they were dead last in the AFC in sacks as a team. This year, 55 sacks as a team, second most in the NFL, and second best mark in Chiefs franchise history. Only going back to like 1990 when it was I think it was Derek Thomas's second year in the league, and just they went off. Mm-hmm. Which of those two things? Happening this year are more impressive to you and i'll tease this and I won't tell you which one it was There was a consensus on outside the trenches on which of these two things were more impressive When I say those to you in the way that you look at the game, what's more impressive?
3: I would say the defense is more impressive because the offense being the offense hinges on an all-time great quarterback, just getting like a little bit better (laughs) and and reaching his final form. It's a consensus.
2: We all said the defense last night, too.
3: Well, because you you think about all the young guys they had, like rookies everywhere, and to not only be better on defense, but to – I don't have the numbers to back this up. It felt like this was the most consistently – Reliable spags defense from the start of the season to the end of the season that they've had. Normally, it's kind of like, oh, they'll figure it out at Halloween and then be good. It kind of felt like they upped that timeline this year and they got better, faster, despite all the youth. the worst team, think, job to have in Kansas
2: City's. The defensive coordinator for a Patrick Mahomes led team is the you're going to be the target of a lot of frustration. <laughs> what
3: else are people going to be mad at? You know, exactly.
2: like, like you're not going to be upset with Mahomes doing things that we've never seen a quarterback do, but. Uh, we all had the same thoughts for, for different reasons, but uh, we all picked the defense uh, as well. Uh, we've had multiple guys. I mean, Colin Saunders had a career year. Mike Dana had a career year in terms of sacks. bags. we know he's aggressive. He's going to send a lot of guys. He's going to be aggressive in that way. Chris Jones uh, tied his career best uh, for sacks. And then George Karloftis came along. Uh, mm-hmm. I had done a YouTube, I'd produced a YouTube short earlier today and was giving credit to Joe Cullen. Uh, the new defensive line coach that came over from Jacksonville and what he's been able to do in a short time in maximizing what those guys are able to do. But uh, yeah, with Mahomes, it's just kind of, we expect this. We I'll actually call it like entitlement already setting in of most yards for a quarterback in NFL history. And all of us are like, no, nah, but the defense, like the defense is much more impressive to go from bottom of the NFL uh, to top of the NFL in, in such a key category uh, in terms of you know defensive success with you know pressures and sacks.
3: I, and I, I wish I came on on the offseason because I would have told you uh, I would have told Chiefs fans that Joe Cullen was one of the best additions they made in the offseason so he's a he's a Baltimore guy you know he was there I believe under Wink when they were bringing pressure and pressure 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 um, but we, when he went to Jacksonville and he was the defensive coordinator he was the DC for that game where they blitzed the hell out of Josh Allen and Jags were arguably the worst team in the league and they beat him like 9-6 mm-hmm. to six or something like that like they held <laughs> last year's Buffalo Bills to 6 points nobody else did that So Joe Collins, a really, really, really good coach, especially if you want to hurt quarterbacks. He's very good at that.
2: All right, that is all we've got for this episode of KCS an Update. Nice and quick uh, to get you, everybody out there listening, on your way. We appreciate you watching on YouTube. Please hit that like and subscribe if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, please hit that follow button. We'll have more content You getting you ready for uh, the AFC Wild Card Weekend. Brett, what are you working on uh, with either your channel or the, the work you do with bootleg football? What do you want to tease? What can people find um, on your stuff, on your channels this week?
3: So I'm working on one of the Giants offense right now on my channel. Um, We are dropping uh, wildcard previews. We have two episodes going down in the bootleg football podcast uh, this week, one for AFC, one for NFC. And then I just got a very special hard drive given to me by the fine folks over at NFL Films uh, for a collaboration on the NFL's YouTube channel, because Mm -hmm. uh, this year the Super Bowl is being played in Arizona. Who knows? Maybe the Chiefs will go. And it's the third Super Bowl that's being played in State Farm Stadium. The first was the infamous uh, 2007 Patriots Giants Super Bowl. And they gifted me the All 22 to do a little Mm -hmm. uh, anniversary remembrance of how the hell Steve Spagnolo stopped that Tom Brady offense. So, a lot of things tying together in this one. And I, I can't wait to release that in hopefully five weeks or so.
2: For anyone who's listening to the audio and not watching, I can tell by his face how excited he is to dive into this one and break this one down. But Brett Coleman, man, we appreciate it as always. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Like I said, we'll have more great content coming to you from KC Sports Network over the next several days as we wait to figure out who the Chiefs opponent's going to be at Arrowhead Stadium uh, next week in the division round. But appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll see you next time.
0: Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.